0: Hello, and welcome to The Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and the Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Roda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father? Good. Good to be with you. Yeah, we are uh, really on our way in the season of Advent. We are. We're, We're in the third week of Advent already. The third week, yeah. Yeah. We get a full fourth week. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The first time... In a while, in a couple years. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we hope everyone is enjoying their Advent season, preparing for Christmas, and uh, hopefully, you know, staying staying warm out there. And it was a cold one yesterday. You know, yeah. Th- this morning was it was like seven degrees when I w- started my car. Yeah. I was not very happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, not, nothing that I could do. So, uh,
1: so yeah, just trying to make our way. Yeah. Along, updates so. on uh, current events. We have uh, yeah, a couple things going on. Yeah, tomorrow we have exalt at the cathedral at seven o'clock for our high school students and parents. Um, we're gonna have confessions, adoration, praise and worship music. I think that's um, part of that. I think Father Mike is also gonna say a little little spiel at the beginning, a okay. little fervorino, which is just a, basically a little homily that says hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we also have confessions here at Saint Lawrence tomorrow um, after the uh, noon mass from twelve thirty to one thirty. There's going to be confessions and a holy hour for vocations here at Saint Lawrence. Um, if you hear this in the next twenty four hours, you might be able to get in on that. Uh, what else are we going to? We talk? have uh, somewhat of an update on Christmas masses. Oh, Christmas masses, yes. Yeah, so we
0: have. Um, the four Christmas masses we have: the four p.m. Christmas Eve at Holy Family, seven p.m. Christmas Eve at Saint Lawrence, nine a.m. Christmas Day at Holy Family, and eleven a.m. at Saint Lawrence. And we did a little little survey, survey this weekend, kind of get some feelers on what masses people are planning to go to. Because, like for instance, if we have like three hundred people wanting to come to the four p.m. at Holy Family we probably wouldn't be able to have all those people be in there uh, with the current restrictions. So we'd have to figure something out. Yeah. So basically we're just, yeah, we're just trying to get a, get a feel for that. And right now, as of, I guess, yesterday afternoon, the numbers were like 86 signed up for, and I guess not demon sign up, but just said that they were planning to go to the, the 4 PM. And then it was like
1: 30, 39 or
0: something. 39 for the 7 PM. And then the 9 AM was like,
1: nine,
0: nine. <laughs> and then, then i think it was like 30 again or 50 for yeah, the yeah. 11 a.m so it's f- pretty decent spread right now and mm-hmm. uh hopefully if it stays that way we won't have to yeah, really okay. intervene I'm at too all.
1: concerned yeah so we'll see we still have uh we're going to try to push it again this weekend and just say hey if you haven't done this yet do it you can you can do it online or if you need to do it on paper if you don't do web stuff then you can do it on hard paper here at the parishes so
0: yeah uh and then The last thing is just for the live streamed Christmas masses, we're going to plan to do the 7 p.m. Christmas Eve and then the 9 a.m. Christmas Day. Yeah. So um, we're working and tweaking some stuff, so hopefully those will both be really good experiences. Um, And there's also, I just thought of this, but the the Blue Christmas.
1: Blue Christmas, yeah, um, on Monday.
0: Which will be this coming Monday. Um, that will the be live streams, and I don't know if you yeah. can give a little explanation.
1: Yeah, that's at seven p.m. here at Saint Lawrence Blue Christmas. I guess the idea is help people who Christmas is maybe a hard time because you've either lost a family member or just had a tough year or whatever. And this, you know, there's people in that boat every year, but um, I think this year there might be some more than usual. So we're, it's a way to kind of lead into Christmas with, okay, we're praying for praying for hope in this time, and, and maybe maybe there's not the joy that we're experiencing that we always associate with Christmas. We're feeling more of the, the sorrow or the difficulties, and so blue, blue Christmas Celebration, if you want to call it that, or Blue Christmas Service is more kind of a um, just a way to help people who are maybe struggling in this time of the year. Uh, with Around them, they see people celebrating, they see people um, excited, joyful, and they're not feeling that Christmas is, at the heart of it, a joyful celebration, but sometimes it's hard for us to, to identify with that. So that's kind of what that's about.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, well, uh, this week we're going to be talking about Our Lady of Guadalupe. Last week we talked about Immaculate Conception. Um, so we're staying with the, the Marian theme and some of these big feast days. Uh, but before we really dive into that, Father, would you open us in a prayer? Sure. In
1: the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come before you, Lord. We ask your your grace to be upon us, and upon our parishioners, any who, in particular, are suffering at this time. We pray for any who are in need of particular um, assistance that you would help them, and that their needs would be met. And we pray, asking our Mother, Hail Mary, full of okay. grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the blessed fruit them. of thy womb, Jesus. Holy May Mary, Mother of God, God, pray God, pray for us sinners God. now and at the hour God. of our death. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray, pray for, for us. us.
0: Um, so before we get into the main topic today of Our Lady of Guadalupe, I just uh, thought of a great starter question, mm. which has nothing to do with Our Lady of Guadalupe, okay. but what is your
1: favorite Christmas cookie? Oh, this is dangerous because when you say something like this as a priest, then everybody's like, <gasps> Father loves da 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 da. Give him <laughs> ten, dozens of cookies of this kind. So, I, I don't. I guess I don't have a particular favorite. I do have a sweet tooth, but I try not to feed it. So people, don't uh, <laughs> don't don't be persistent and, and make me eat all these cookies and things. But I like uh, the little Ritz cookies with the peanut butter that, yes. are, that are dipped in. Those are my favorite almond bark. Yeah, those are my favorite. Yeah. I, I mostly like almond bark things, like okay. I like a lot of different things that are dipped, but that's probably my favorite.
0: Yeah, that's that's great because those are my favorite also. Yeah. And yeah. my mom and my sister and some of their friends just made a ton of cookies this weekend, yeah. so I I did indulge yeah. my sweet tooth. Yeah, so which that's, I probably should have
1: once in a while. It's all right. But, but what happens is people hear you get something, you like something. Well, father likes pie. Well, father likes this. Father likes that, and then pretty soon you have. Ten billions of whatever it is. So,
0: yeah, that's fair. Like, and uh, yeah, I I could see how that could,
1: yeah. You know, like, well, what am I going to do with all what this? Am I, there's just one of me. What do you want me to do with these ten billions of cookies? Yeah. So, if uh, a cookie here and there is good, but I try. I, like I said, I try not to indulge the sweet tooth too much because then I don't feel so good. So. Yeah. All right. So. So, Our Lady of Guadalupe.
0: Our Lady of Guadalupe. Well, yeah. Last week we were able to, yeah, have a good conversation about the Immaculate Conception. And cause that was that was last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday was Our Lady of Guadalupe, mm-hmm. which is another one of those just really big Marian feast days. Yeah. Uh, not, not a holy day, but probably out of the non-holy days, you know, one of the larger. Yeah. And I think some, like, one of the feasts that still has a lot of importance um, within... Um, Maybe not specifically
1: the United States, but the Americas in general yeah she's the pa- patroness of the Americas mm-hmm. mm-hmm patroness of oh is it the unborn or just pregnant women mothers that's that's why we had that little blessing if if you heard about it we had a little blessing after masses this past weekend for anyone who is struggling with infertility or any mothers who are pregnant or couples who just are you know expecting that sort of thing so that's why we did that little special blessing
0: okay so yeah so she's got um that and then i think specifically um she might have something w- within like the country of mexico oh, I, yeah. I would assume that she oh, does yeah,
1: yeah they you go down there it's like yeah. if even if you're not technically catholic i heard somebody say once mexico the people are like 90 percent catholic and 100 percent are the guadalupe <laughs> so that's how they put it and i was like oh okay. well, whatever that means whatever that <laughs> means so yeah um I guess
0: we can talk maybe a little bit about uh, the story and the history behind it, and then, yeah, we can talk a little bit. We've both been to Mexico City and been to yeah. the uh, Basilicas there, so we can kind of talk about that, talk about that experience, because it really is a cool experience. Yeah. Um, so the history of Our, La- Our Lady of Guadalupe it started, so she, so it was much like um, Our Lady of Lords that we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. It's a, a series of apparitions yeah. um, where Mary appeared to this guy whose name is Juan Diego, and he was just, um, from my understanding, he like he was Catholic, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Was so, so that, this was kind of the time where there was um, there was a lot of missionaries that were going down.
1: Um, Franciscans, a lot of Franciscans, I think, mm-hmm. in Mexico with that, or in in the area that you know, South America, and Mexico, yeah, yeah. I and mean, it was still kind of like.
0: Uh, the in, indigenous po- population was still, you know, really high, and there mm-hmm. it was still kind of like Mayan culture. Yeah, but it was kind of starting to, you know, turn in, a little bit more Aztec. Christian. Yeah, yep. yeah, and, um, and I think he, he was just
1: kind of walking on the road.
0: Yeah. One day, right?
1: He lived outside of Mexico City. He was going to get a. No, I think he was just going to mass the first time. He was just going okay. to mass. But yeah, so a lot of the indigenous people were not super practicing or not, they were kind of resistant to Christianity, actually, because the Spaniards had come in and they were kind of like the conquerors or the the ones who were kind of coming down on them a little bit. And so there wasn't a lot of like, like the missionaries, they were always kind of trying to balance, like, we're trying to help the indigenous people, but sometimes the settlers from Spain are not really helping the situation because they're like enslaving the Indians and doing these kinds of things that aren't very nice. So... It was kind of like, I think from the indigenous population, from their perspective, it was kind of like, okay, on the one hand, you're trying to, you're saying you want to help us and you talk about this God, but on the other hand, you're really unkind to us and not super supportive of like who we are. So it was a difficult thing for the missionaries to kind of overcome that. So it was lots of obstacles.
0: Yeah. And so she, uh, she appeared to him and asked him to build a church, mm-hmm. right? And she appeared to him on this this place that's called uh, Tepeyac Hill, <laughs> which is the, um, um, I will, we're not sure if that's just, the, if that's the way you say it or if that's the, you know, American way to American say way. it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Tepeyac Hill. And then um, I think he went to the bishop, and I guess I don't remember if he went to the bishop right away, but he went to uh, the local bishop or the whoever was in charge and was saying, hey, this, uh, this woman appeared to me, she wants me to build a church. And the bishop was like, yeah, probably I'm not going to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Discernment of spirits, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you had an apparition? Okay. Well, tell her to give us a sign.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, uh, and do you remember how many times she appeared to
1: him? I think it was at least twice. Yeah. Well, three times. Because, so I think the first time she's told him go, go tell the bishop I want a church built here. He's like, okay. Second time, he was on his way, but he he was like, well, the bishop didn't say yes, so I don't want to run into her. And I, he was on his way to go get the priest for his uncle because his uncle was dying. Yeah. And he wanted to get last rites for his uncle. And so he tried to sneak around the hill where he had met her to try to, like, go a different way. And she found him anyway. And as he was going and said, <laughs> Juan Diego, why are you avoiding me? You are know, like, basically, like, am I not your mother? Like, I can... Your, your uncle's going to be fine, but go and tell the bishop uh, that I want this church. And um, and then she told him to pick up these roses as a sign to him. because These roses were not in season, so it, it was kind of like, I will, I'll have these roses as a sign that, yes, this supernatural thing happened because where else would I find these roses? In Mexico at this time of year. So the idea was I'm going to show these bi- roses to the bishop, And the bishop will see these and see it as a sign of, yes, a confirmation of, I should build this church for Our Lady. So Our Lady arranged the roses in his tilma, which is like basically a poncho kind of thing. Yep. And he kind of like folded it up so it was like closed. And she said, don't show anyone else, only show it to the bishop. So he said, okay. So I went to the bishop, waited in line for a long time as you have to back then. And finally, he got to the bishop, and he opened his tilma, and, and the roses were there, which he's like, here's the sign, but the greater sign was the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on the tilma that had been imprinted on the tilma, and so Juan Diego didn't know about that until he looked down, and he's like, oh my gosh. So, so, in any case, the bishop was like, oh, this is real. This is yeah. a real deal. <laughs> All right. You got your sign. You got your <laughs> sign. We're going to build that church.
0: <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so that, that's just, you know, a really awesome story, and there's a lot there, too, because, like, the tilma itself is a miracle. Right. And, you know, that, like, that was kind of the actual sign, where, like, the roses were
1: part of the sign. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, the tilma is made like a plant fiber, which in normal circumstances would be, like, it would just basically disintegrate over you know at the most like 40 years or something like that yeah and it's been you know 500 years and it's still there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just the the in, in, the image like how it's on the fabric or on the plant fibers or whatever how it's on there like they've never been able to figure out like how to how's the image actually imprinted on it yeah because it's not like
0: dyed through isn't oh. it like it, I, I think it's something like it's right on the it's like
1: imposed on the on the yeah.
0: yeah it's just on like the top layer or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. so like you can tell that it it, it what like people didn't use dye mm-hmm. to put it on there because it's just on the top layer
1: yeah um, and then and then there's been all kinds of miracles yeah. with like its preservation like a bomb was like somebody tried to blow it up during the Mexican Revolution which was a time when they were kind of anti-church anti-catholicism so somebody tried to blow it up but uh, like the frame that was around it like got all bent and everything but the actual tin itself no damage, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, things like that have happened. Yeah, several times I think. So.
0: Yeah, and there's there's a bunch of signs within the tilma and yeah. the, the image on there, and a lot of them actually have um, like
1: their symbols within yeah. the kind of indigenous. indigenous. Mm-hmm. So, like the way Culture. that she, Mary's dressed in the image would help people to know that she's a virgin, and yet also expecting and that she's a princess or something like that. There's all this imagery of like, Mm -hmm. um, the way she's dressed and the way she's standing even and things like that and the constellations and all these things kind of point to, like this is, it speaks to the the native peoples um, in a very profound way, which was very helpful because then they saw this and they went to this chapel and it was a sort of a way for them, okay, the Spanish people maybe aren't the best people, they don't see, take care of us a lot or they some of them do some of them don't but here's something that we can identify with and it happened to Juan Diego and so because of this you have massive conversions in the next you know decade or so Uh, something like eight or ten million people uh, people say sometimes more or less but in any case it was a a a huge amount of people came into the church because of this uh, apparition so
0: yeah yeah, so it has you know a huge impact on our church, and I mean it really, really changed the dynamic of the church because the you know the like missionary effort that like down there in like Central Latin America wasn't really anything like it wasn't really going kind of, kind of anywhere, and so yeah. that kind of really gave it life. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, over in Europe, like the church was really declining mm-hmm. because of the Protestant Reformation right. and everything that was going on there, and so it is really interesting to see like. Even though the church lost a ton of people throughout the the Reformation, it actually stayed basically the same size, yeah. uh, which is which is pretty cool to see
1: yeah. there. So that's kind of the story. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and one one last thing that I remember about the Tilma, and kind of fun fact is that I guess some like people zoomed in on like Mar- oh, on her eyes, eyes yeah. like on mm-hmm. Mary's eyes. And it was, like, a mirror of, like, Juan Diego and the bishop when the tilma got released. So it was actually, like, it was almost like a photograph. And you could, like, look through her eyes and see the bishop and and Juan Diego, like, see what she saw Mm -hmm. at that moment. So, like, that's really cool, too.
1: Last fun fact. Yeah. I heard, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I think Hillary Clinton went down to Mexico City for some reason. And for some reason they brought her to the shrine. And she saw it, and she's like, oh, who made that? And they're like, God. (laughs) Or Our Lady. She's like, oh. So sometimes, even for someone who's not a believer or not a, like, it's striking to see the way people view this image or they they come to this. I mean, that's kind of one of the the things about apparitions. They they confirm faith that's there, but they're not necessarily going to change somebody who doesn't believe except for the fact that they're gonna see like all these people who are coming there on pilgrimage and be like, this is interesting, like all these people believe this. So has that power to impact even someone who's not a believer, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of a great segue to talking about the actual like basilica or even basilicas, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So um, when you, uh, I've had the opportunity to go there twice actually down to mexico city and father you said you've been there once mm-hmm. yeah. and so yeah it's a really uh i mean i guess i wouldn't say that i had a great experience in mexico city yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a massive city and um it you know Tepeyac hill is a hill and kind of in the middle of the city and mm-hmm. if you go to the top you look all the way around and you can it's, it's like everything is city around yeah here. <laughs> you can't cannot um, see city yeah you can't not see city and it's it's really crazy that was uh, kind of huge eye opener for me <laughs> yeah. coming from, you know, pretty like a bunch of small towns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, it, it is this, this massive city and it is kind of the center of it, which is cool. But then there is, um, I'm not sure when the n- original basilica was made. Probably, probably soon, soon after. Soon after, probably. Because uh, fi- it was 15 1531. Yeah. So probably soon after that. But yeah. then, yeah, there was that the bombing and there was a couple other things that happened but then at one point there's an earthquake Mm -hmm. that kind of shook the foundations of it so if you actually look at the old basilica from a couple different angles you can tell that it's actually leaning Mm -hmm. um and the couple of times that i've been there there would have been i think 2017 and 2018 uh in like yeah january of 17 and 18 there was like they were doing work on it to like restore part of it, sure um I don't think to make it not leaning anymore, but at least to make it so that it's not kind of like falling on itself sure um but yeah, it's a really cool I'm not sure what what the art style is maybe you yeah, Baroque would remember probably. um yeah. but it has yeah just, just it's really kind of uh kind kind of old school it kind of yeah. i mean look looks like it probably that's, that's like came and... from Europe <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know exactly, and then I'm not sure totally when that earthquake happened, but then they actually built a new basilica. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was probably built in, like, the 60s or 70s. Yeah, it looks like. <laughs> it kind of looks like it was built in the 60s or 70s. It looks like a
1: spaceship, to be honest. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I guess uh, it has, like, a honeycomb-ness to it. Like That's, like, the best way to describe it. And I guess it, like, it has this, uh, this it comes from this, like, Mary's kind of like the queen bee wow. to a certain extent. And I, I guess. I never heard that. I guess that there's some sort of, like, I'm not sure if it's like uh like Mexico Latin America and thing but I guess there's some like spiritual like we
1: importance are the, we are the drones we there. all go out yeah we feed the queen bee
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay well so uh, like I guess there's something there mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of where it came from sure. but it yeah definitely uh I mean I I you know prefer the style of the old basilica yeah. but um but the, the new one is I mean it's huge.
1: It's huge, it's massive, yeah.
0: It's so huge and there's a bunch of different there's like the main uh church and then there is a couple there's like one side church. Yeah. That and they up, have up
1: above there's like a bunch of little chapels actually have celebrated mass. Oh really? Post. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so you can so there's like mass probably happening there all day long everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are coming on these little private pilgrimages and they'll do mass. But then, like when I was there, there was like a quinceañera happening in the church. Okay. And, and the the uh, tilma is kind of on this thing. And as we were talking before about, you sort of go on this little conveyor belt thing because they have so many people that are going there that they kind of develop the system whereby, whereby you can be viewing the thing from below, but you can also see it from above in the church part of it. Uh, so that if there's a mass happening whatever they can still have people be going through and seeing it. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's hard to describe yeah. because you can basically go like under the church, mm-hmm. and there's
1: this little like
0: like escalator floor kind of yeah. like at
1: airports. It's not super helpful in terms of creating a prayerful devotional experience of watching the tilma, but I guess it's functional, which it's kind of the, seems like the the architecture style of the church so that's why
0: yeah and so there's like four different like lanes and they're all going different directions yeah and so you can like take one and go to the left and then get out (laughs) Uh, again that's right i forgot about and go to the right and watch it and so you just kind of keep on going back and forth and so Mm. yeah it's kind of it's it's definitely weird Uh, Mm. and then there's like like uh, like a gift shop right there too Mm -hmm. um there's like an adoration chapel that has the largest eucharist i've ever seen in my (laughs) life it's probably like five feet like in (laughs) diameter Uh, yeah so it's a, it's definitely like an interesting experience. And then there's, I mean, both of these basilicas are within like, like the compound, mm-hmm. basically yeah. there's these walls around Yeah. and then there's, um, uh, you can actually go to like the top of the hill mm-hmm. and there's, um, a couple like different, uh, things to see up there. Like there's like, I think another sculptures, like shop, and a garden. Some different sculptures, Yeah. Uh, and then there's another church at the top of the hill, which I think was the original yeah. church that they built, like right when everything yeah. happened.
1: It's pretty small, but
0: yeah, it's pretty small and has some interesting—not um, <laughs> uh, n- even—not not even like statues, but just it, they're almost like dolls, and they all like it's probably one of the scariest crucifixes I've ever seen in my <laughs> life.
1: Yeah. So be be warned, but there, there's beautiful things, and then there's like. That must be Mexican culture there. Yeah,
0: yeah it's definitely, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was like, I've never seen anything like this before, yeah. but it was like really, really cool. Um, and it's great to see, like, yeah, it's just this huge kind of compound. And then like right outside of it, and you're just like in Mexico City, you know, it's right in, because it's right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I know there's, there's um, a ministry that runs I don't really think it has much to do with the, with the basilica, but it runs like right next to there because there's a big, like homeless population oh, yeah. right around there. It's called I think it's called like the like the Mission of Hope or something like that. Okay. And there's this guy, his name's Craig Joring, I think.
1: Mm.
0: And like he he has a really cool like story himself. He actually was like an, a missionary for a Crew, which is like they do a lot of stuff on college campuses. And he like came down to Mexico City. And he was actively telling people to, like, he was, like, unconverting people from. (laughs) Don't be Catholic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was, like. Don't
1: go worship the tilma. (laughs) Yeah, he was was
0: basically, like, trying to unconvert people from Catholicism. And then he, like, had this experience and he became Catholic. And now he, like, just works for this mission full time, like, right outside of the gates of the basilica so like there's just there's some cool stuff yeah i wonder if it
1: was the conveyor belt (laughs) yeah (laughs) who has this in a church this is amazing
0: (laughs) no i'm sure it wasn't that um but yeah yeah it's a it's it's a really cool um that's awesome experience and story and uh, he's american then yeah yeah yeah. i think he's from like nebraska or something funny yeah and yeah so now he just yeah he lives in mexico city full-time and
1: works in this ministry does this
0: yeah yeah because he came when I went down there I went down there for kind of training for leading mission trips and so he came and like he has a he had a connection with focus and so he would come and just like talk to us and like you could go and serve with him for like what like the afternoon and so there, yeah just some really cool stuff um, and a woman came who her husband um, he's now since passed away but he like the official image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, like he was the one who took that photo, mm. and so like she owns the rights to that photo, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, mm. So, so yeah, it's just some some cool kind of experiences that been like blessed to have there. Sure. So, did you lead some groups down then? Um, I d- I never went to Mexico City. Okay. I went to um, I led a group to Jamaica Uh-oh. once, cool. to, to Kingston, and then to U- Utah. Nice. Not, not as uh, you, you know, Jamaica or like Kingston was probably just as bad as maybe even worse, worse than yeah. than Mexico City. But Utah was pretty was pretty easy.
1: Yeah. But um, i will just been to at the Salt Lake. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you ever been to the uh, shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse? In La Crosse. yes, several
1: times. Yeah, that's a cool place to go too.
0: Yeah, I've I've been there once. One of my um. My my really good friend who be, got ordained a priest uh, this summer, He's for he is from La Crosse, oh, and okay. his, his parents live like, I don't know, maybe like five minutes away from the oh, shrine. Nice. So um, I think I was down there two years ago, and we went there.
1: I led a pilgrimage for my last assignment parish. We went down there probably 2017 or something like that, 18 maybe. Went down there, just like a, took a bus, went down, spent the night, did the, the, the tour, had some time for prayer, and yeah, that's was cool. Yeah, 'cause that
0: that's really big. I don't know how many acres it is, but it is, it's a big complex. It's very large. Yeah. And there's a couple different yeah. um kind of buildings you can go to and then yeah. at the top of the hill there's yes. this church. Yeah. Which is big beautiful church. Yeah, really yeah. pretty and is there like a religious order there?
1: Yeah, there's some uh they're kind of Franciscan I wanna say. They wear blue. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they, they do like the liturgies there, like the confessions and masses and yeah.
0: Okay. So, so yeah, you know, if you can't make it down to Mexico city, which right now you can, I don't even think we can even go to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think you can leave the country, but, uh, like that, that's a really cool. Our Lady Guadalupe uh, and lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool experience. And, um, yeah, she's, you know, really important to, uh, think who we are as Americans, mm -hmm. just even connect to our fellow Americans down South, Mm -hmm. uh, that yeah, there's just really there's a lot, um, a lot there mm-hmm. that we can go into. And we were kind of talking last last week. We t- kind of t- talked about why Mary is important, yeah. and so I think this kind of goes to show too that she even greater like shines the light of Christ. You know, uh,
1: very much so. Yeah. So, yeah, she definitely has a universal appeal. And you know, it's so funny because there's so many different titles of Mary and so many different many. Ways that she's known in different cultures like Our Lady of this, our Lady of that, but it's it's all talking about Mary, right? so it's interesting how she appears to us in ways that we can try to get to know her and come to know her son through her so yeah
0: yeah, great um well, I think that's all we have uh for this week. Thank you all for listening. uh we hope you have a great rest of uh, this third week of advent and you know, hopefully everyone is you know preparing for Christmas in their hearts and is uh, is ready for uh, the celebration of the Nativity coming up next weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah thank you, Father, for your insight. Thank you, Daniel. And good, your, to, good to be with you. Yeah, yeah, good to be with you too, and uh, good to be with everybody here listening. And we will catch you again next week.